Welcome back, everybody, to the Drink and Learn podcast. Hello, world. How are you? So I'm Elizabeth Pierce, drinks historian here in New Orleans. And I'm Abigail Gallo, bartendress extraordinaire here in New Orleans. And we're coming to you live from the old number 77 hotel. Yes, indeed. We're in a beautiful artist studio room uh, today. This is kind of like our suite designed by a New Orleans artist. I wish that we could show it to you. It's really beautiful. It is. It's very nice. You'll have to trust us or come. Or come then, visit. Yeah. We'll give you a tour. So as mentioned in our pilot, our podcast is about drinking and learning and learning about drinking. So uh, episode number one, we decided would be, we'd start from the very beginning, like Maria von Trapp. And (laughs) let's start from the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. And when you start, theoretically, you're 21. In theory. Yeah, even though, frankly, most of us started a little earlier. But if you're going to learn how to drink, you should learn from the beginning. And the beginning in the United States, at least these days, is officially 21. And um, it hasn't always been 21. No. I remember the first time I visited New Orleans, I was 15. And it was 1988. So I believe you could... What was the rule? You could purchase it? No, you could drink it, but you couldn't purchase it. No, not if you were 15. If no, you were 18. If you're 18. Yeah. I passed. <laughs> I passed as 18 when I was 15. So, I was a very mature young lady. Yes, yeah, so it stayed 18 until uh, the 1990s. And uh, that was part of a much larger arc of how the drinking age came to be in the United States. So for a very long time... And and by very long time, I mean since we kind of have kept track of drinking ages. Um, drinking age in the United States was either not decided. Some states didn't have a specific drinking age. Mm. But after Prohibition, almost everybody made the drinking age 21. And 21 as an, as a, is not just an arbitrary number. It no. comes from way, way back uh, in, in Europe. 21 was considered the age of adulthood or majority, and it was the age that you could become a knight. And I think that that's because most men become physically mature yes. around 21. And since women, would hope. Since women weren't people, no, then it didn't matter. Are not people then. Because women are usually women much earlier than 21, yeah. if you want to mark our adulthood by other other methods. Um, sometimes you're a woman at 11 or 12 <laughs> or 13. So the age of majority was 21 for a long time. And you could vote at 21. And then after prohibition, you could drink at 21. And that stayed the same until World War II, when Franklin Delano Roosevelt lowered the draft age from 21 to 18. Because mm-hmm. it was It was a big war. It was a big war. And so this disparity between going to war at 18 but voting at 21 remained until the Vietnam War. Yeah, that was a big uh, cry. I remember, well, I remember my mom and dad telling me at the protests that they used to go to that it wasn't fair 
that you can go get yourself killed for your country, but you can't buy a beer. Well, the the beer, it was not only the beer thing, but you couldn't vote. Couldn't, that's crazy. So you couldn't vote. You could die, but you couldn't vote. So in the 70s, um, in the 70s, they changed the voting age. And it was actually the 26th Amendment. I had to look that up. I didn't know that. So the 26th Amendment was passed, which meant that you could vote at 18. So now you can vote and you can die. And so then every a lot of states, not every state, but a lot of states changed their rule and said, well, okay, if you can vote and you can die, then you can drink. <laughs> might, as well, might as well enjoy life a little bit before you go. Right. So... Everybody is, well, not everybody. Some states still had the disparity. Interestingly, Oklahoma, men had to wait until they were 21, but women could buy 3.2% beer at 18, and but only that. Why was that? I don't know. No, Maybe it was the vitamins I could. and the beer were good for <laughs> nursing women, because right, I'm imagining yes. Oklahoma women already had babies at 18. Yeah. <laughs> So actually, a lot of states, when they changed the drinking age to 18, that it was beer and wine only. And then you could buy uh, distilled spirits. You could buy liquor at 21. So they they kept the separation, which I sort of understand. That makes sense because there's still a lot of rules on the books concerning the sale of spirits versus beer and wine. And that's still a problem. It's cheaper to get a license for just beer and wine than it is alcohol. Is that still true, like, if you're opening a restaurant? I, I, I'm not sure about Louisiana. I know for a fact in New York. Okay. I know there was a couple of friends of mine who worked at restaurants that didn't have a full liquor license, but they had a license for beer or wine. So we got very good at sherry, vermouth, and sochi and... Um, All the low, low alcohol low stuff. Low alcohol cocktails. Well, yeah. and, and a lot of um, grocery stores or um, liquor stores, well, they'll sell beer and wine on Sundays, mm-hmm. but you can't buy liquor. Mm-hmm. I remember when I went to LSU, you could only buy beer on Sundays because I guess that's what Jesus drank. No, Jesus wants you to drink beer during the game. Right. I mean... <laughs> no, I know. So, I can't imagine anyone saying roll tide sober. <laughs> or roll tide with this Chardonnay. <laughs> Uh, or well, well, whiskey. You should use whiskey anyway. So okay. So now it's the it's the 1980s, and everything is 18. You can vote. You can drink. You can buy cigarettes, mm-hmm. and you can die all at Which, eight for your die for your country. P.S. Fun fact: If you were born on this day in 2000, you can smoke. Yeah, that's crazy. And you can vote. And you should. And you, you should, should go vote. vote. Go vote. Don't smoke. But vote. So um, in the 1990s, there was a big push by mothers against drunk driving because what was happening was there was inconsistency among states' drinking ages. Some were 18, some were 19, some were 21, and a lot of kids would drive to states where they could buy liquor at 18, and then they would drive home drunk and get in a lot of accidents. This is pre-Uber, I take it. This is definitely pre It's the 1990s. Yeah, no, that's not good. So MAD um, convinced Ronald Reagan to uh, push through this legislation that basically withheld federal highway funds from states that would not change their law from 18 to 21. Louisiana was a holdout. 
Um, we don't want those government funds. The Come way, on, we have a long history of that. The way Take we, your government funds. No, and no, shut no. It. The way they figured it out was that it was illegal to buy alcohol when you're twenty and when you're eighteen, but it was not illegal to sell it. Wait, who are you selling it to if you can't buy it? That was a loophole. That's and a then, weird loophole. And then eventually they changed it um, because the federal government said that you can't do that. That's not okay. So that is how we got from in the 19th century, no no legal limit or, or age of uh, majority or whatever. You could drink. You could just drink if you if you could I guess if you could afford it, mm-hmm. and then it became twenty one, and then it went to eighteen, and then it went back to twenty one. But it all does seem a little arbitrary because uh, there's this chart that I came across that had one hundred and ninety countries listing their drinking ages, and a few uh, drinking is not permitted at all, mm-hmm. so drinking is illegal. Uh, several Muslim countries in particular, because that's against their religion that's their religion most of the countries so 116 out of 190 allow you to drink at either age 18 or 19 which includes Canada and Mexico Mm -hmm. so it's totally arbitrary and interestingly or ironically or disturbingly in the United States here's the things you can do when you're 18 you can vote you can drive you can buy cigarettes you can be drafted into the, or join on purpose the military. You can get a credit card. You can open a bank account. You can get married. Mm-hmm. Oh, many states you can get married even younger. Yes. And uh, as Abigail and I were chatting about this. You can absolutely buy a gun. Yeah. You can buy a high-powered weapon and many magazines. And um, what you do with that gun is often... Um, Often innocuous, but sometimes terrifying. Well, and it definitely shouldn't be mixed with alcohol. No. <laughs> I got approached by um, a person who does, you know, like plans events, and he was putting together a bachelorette party, and he was, he called it the Charlie's Angels. It was like a Charlie's Angels theme. That was back when they did their reboot, and it was mm-hmm. real popular. And there was going to be a Krav Maga lesson, a cocktail lesson, and then uh, going to a shooting range, range yeah. and I and I said, please tell me that the cocktail lesson is fast. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely doesn't need to come before no. before the gun lesson. No. Um, so so that's how we got to here, and here we are, or rather, he, here you perhaps are mm-hmm. if you're listening to us, and you are turning 21 or you just turned 21. And well, we, let's be realistic. These are the laws, but let's be realistic. People start drinking earlier than that. Yes. And we did, mm-hmm. for damn sure. My, It's interesting that you talked about how 21 is when men seem to become men. They seem to be like adulthood. And for women, even though we're not considered people, we often mature faster. My first um, drink, um, like really conscious drink, not a sip of my dad's beer or a sip mm-hmm. of my mom's wine, happened the day I got my period. Oh. I was at my grandmother's house. My mom and dad were there. I told them what had happened. I was 11 years old. My mom sent my dad out to the liquor store where he bought a bottle of sangria. You know, with that yellow label, that (laughs) really sweet sangria wine. And my mom gave me a shirt, polo shirt with a red stripe on it. And me, my mom, and my dad had a toast 
in my dad's old bedroom upstairs in his mom's house to me becoming a woman. That's wonderful. And so that was my first taste of alcohol was literally my first taste of womanhood and being a grown up. Mm-hmm. And it was treated reverently and with respect and with great class. I thought sangria was classy. Yeah, it's it was, Spanish. It was Spanish. It had an exotic bottle. It was sweet. I didn't really like it, but I did not like it either. Mm-hmm. And and it was just it was a token thing that, you know, my parents were supporting me in this new kind of transition that I was in as a person. That may be the last time <laughs> that they did that with me drinking wise mm-hmm. because I kind of quickly started leapfrogging ahead of them as far as knowing more about cocktails Uh because this was about the same time my fascination with diner placemat cocktails started and I started doing research even at that young age about pink ladies and Mai Tais and Rob Roy's because they looked so fascinatingly delicious Uh on a diner placemat that um, I couldn't wait to turn 21 so I could start drinking these exotic drinks and these, what I saw as classy drinks, classy grown-up drinks. Right, yeah. I didn't, I had no interest in chugging beer mm-hmm. or Mad Dog or Boone's Farm, which was very popular at my high school. Um, kegs, not really an interest in ever doing a keg stand. Whiskey, not until I saw Thelma and Louise did whiskey start to appeal to me. I definitely had Boone's Farm and lots of Andre Champagne whenever friends were graduating or there were like special things happening in high school but my right but my my first memory of drinking with my mother and drinking as an as a as a peer I guess was at the Eola Hotel in Natchez Mississippi the summer before I went to college my parents and I took a little road trip not nothing big but she my mom in particular really wanted us to have a family vacation because she worried that with me going to college and life just changing that we wouldn't really be taking a vacation together again um my dad was resting so my mother and I are in the hotel and she ordered Brandy Alexander's for both of us and explained to me the best Brainy Alexanders are served south of the Mason-Dixon line along the Mississippi River. And I don't know where that... Where does that come from? But I love it. She just believed that. And I have no reason to doubt her. You have to be south of the Mason-Dixon line and you have to be close to the shores of the Mississippi. Yeah, I did later. Probably because Brandy coming up and down the river. Maybe so, because I... Uh, several years later, I was in Washington D.C. and I ordered a Brandy Alexander, probably like in a in a just a, a hotel bar, like like a Holiday Inn kind of hotel bar, not fancy, mm-hmm. and it was terrible. So I thought, oh, my mother was right. But um, <laughs> I and I, so I'm remembering this, and my mother may say that I'm misremembering this, but I think there was a man down down the bar who tried to buy our drinks for us, and she declined. Two ladies out in the bar. <laughs> It was great because a Brandy Alexander, like that's a total starter drink. And that is the original chocolatini. For those of you that don't know, a Brandy Alexander is brandy with creme de cacao and cream. And it tastes like a chocolate milkshake. 
and it is it was a big it was a big wedding drink it was one of the first when I was at a family mm-hmm. wedding and I wanted to you know we found out that the bartender at the open bar was kind of not caring who he was serving <laughs> I was told to go order a brandy Alexander with confidence and I was given this drink and I was like it's a dessert drink yeah I remember thinking this is this is no wonder it's a kid's drink Right. I, I was even, like, at the time, really snooty about it, being like, oh, well, it's a kid's drink. Of course they're going to serve me, even though I'm just a kid. How old were you? Probably 12 or 13. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so that's a, actually, this is a nice little segue into if you are, if you are turning 21, mm-hmm. you should have a plan. So Abigail had her sangria as this, to sort of, mark this moment mm-hmm. right and my mother sharing this drink with me it was not quite as intentional but I think in her mind it probably was that it was marking this you were going off to college and even though you cannot legally drink yet I am treating you as an adult and we are going to drink as peers if you're going to turn if you're turning 21 that is at least in our country a momentous moment mm-hmm. and it should be planned or honored or or treated as such so we have some suggestions we do for now you're 21 now what now it's legal now you don't have to just give what whatever somebody who's legal hands to you now you don't have to like sneak or hide something you don't have to steal uh, wine or booze out of your parents liquor cabinet um, this is something that you could actually be prepared to go in and order a drink. So and this is an important moment, I think, an important adulthood moment. And I think you should go into it as kind of a new person. I remember I changed my name when I went to college. I wasn't Abby anymore. I was Abigail. Oh, That's my name. I didn't know Abigail. You Abby. I was, yeah, you never knew me as Abby because I'm Abigail now. Right. <laughs> Dear Abby. Dear Abby. But I think it's really important that... When you turn 21, you become a new responsible person because you are responsible now. You are responsible for taking care of yourself, for taking care of your friends. You're responsible for your transportation. You're responsible for everyone around you who's drinking. It's, it's something you need to be aware of. So Abigail has a bar back who works with her. Mm-hmm. Who has she turned twenty one yet? She has, but she started working with me when she was eighteen, and I didn't and I didn't realize how young she was because, well, I, just everyone looks of age to me now. <laughs> and, and she had young. a she had a plan. I thought her plan was interesting. Yes, I had I had a plan for her to celebrate her first legal drink. I wanted her to um, her birthday was in the summer. So I wanted to pick fresh limes from my backyard. I wanted to use beautiful local um, small batch uh, cane syrup from Charles Poyer. And I wanted to use some Cuban rum. And I wanted to make it in front of her to show her how delicious a three-ingredient drink could be just made in your backyard. And we had Cuban daiquiris in my backyard and then had a pool party. Uh, And Abigail's backyard is pretty sweet. Because it does have a pool. The grotto. Yeah. Abigator's Grotto. It is fantastic. Um, but if you don't have a pool or and you don't work for one of the uh, premier bartenders in 
Well, we'll say in the U.S. You're going to be on the Today Show soon. Yeah. Make sure and get that plug. I don't think this is going to air. But I bet they could, everybody could watch it on the internet, right? Possibly. The internet. <laughs> the whole internet. So if you don't have access to one of the um, best bartenders ever, then we still have advice for you mm-hmm. of what you can do, um, how, how you can plan your, your, night, your day or your night or, mm-hmm. or both. The first thing is you should think about where you want to go. Try not to have the night get away from you so that you just end up somewhere um, meaningless. Maybe it's a bar you've always wanted to go to, that your parents went to. Maybe it's somewhere historic or iconic or pretty. Somewhere in the night. It doesn't mean the entire night has to be. But like somewhere in the night, there should be a moment of acknowledgement rather than just ending up in the middle of Bourbon Street and walking into Mango Mango Daiquiri or similar. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? What a sad story that is to tell. It says, my first legal drink was a Mango Mango Daiquiri on Bourbon Street. I mean, actually, if you're not from here, that could be kind of cool. Right, right, right. Yes. Uh, but if you're from here, so go... If, if you, I mean, really, try... I, I remember my first legal drink. I walked into a wine store, and I bought a really nice bottle of Zinfandel. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little surprise when it came out of the bottle when it wasn't pink but I had spent some quality money on it so that'd be my first thing like be prepared to spend some quality money mm-hmm. on your first drink um don't go to a bar that has four dollar pb and j specials uh that's paps blue ribbon and jim bean shots I was way. wondering yeah pb pb and j um there'll be plenty of time for that Maybe even later in the night. But yeah. you want that first drink to be classy. Keep it classy. Right. You are a drinker now. You're a grown-up, and you are a drinker. So let's do it with class. I like I like the classics. I like, I like, I did a daiquiri with my bar back in New Orleans. I'd say a French 75 is a very, very good way to go. I mean, as far as if you're not used to drinking cocktails, it's lemonade with champagne. So it's beautiful. And whether you choose the brandy or the gin, it's still delicious. I say brandy. I say brandy. Go for the brandy. A Pimm's Cup is also a great... So things that we're mentioning are a little lighter. Um, Well, not the French 75. Well, not the French 75, (laughs) but the the Pimm's Cup Mm -hmm. or or having a really nice glass or two of wine Mm -hmm. um, or even a craft beer, Mm -hmm. a great beer. And, and that gets to part two of this, which is try to keep it classy. Mm. Uh, and by that, we mean try not to throw up. That, is, that was such an early lesson. And now most people, I'll tell you, probably learned this before they turned 21. Yeah. I know I did, sadly. That um, too much to drink um, will make you violently throw up. And that is not a pretty sight. To, like, slip and fall on the floor. I remember a night when I kept falling down in the snow, and I kept picking snow up and putting it on my face to try to, like, sober up. I didn't realize I was picking up dirty snow Mm. and smearing it on my face. Mm. Oh, I'm still, like, to this day mortified. And my friends just laughed at me. I'm so glad you shared that now. (laughs) Now I have that, that image. I just kept slipping and falling in yeah. the snow. Oh, I'm so glad I don't live in a snowy climate anymore. Yeah. So go somewhere intentional. Mm-hmm. Drink something intentional. Don't drink too much of it. And maybe try to spend that night with people who really matter to you. Mm-hmm. So it can either be your 
family members who know a little bit about drinking and can steer you in a good direction mm-hmm. or good friends a good friend who can look out for you or you know even a even a good bartender yeah can be a good friend for the night so if if somebody walked in and said i'm turning i just turned 21 this is my first legal drink what i mean obviously you've you've given some suggestions already but is there anything else that you would want to do for them i'd um I'd really want to make sure that first drink was made very well. And I'd want to make sure that it was what they like. I'd ask a little bit about what kind of flavors they like. And I'd want to make it celebratory in some way. So champagne is always a good... I do a last laugh, which is a last word that's topped with champagne. That's a beautiful like first drink to have. Celebratory, gin, maraschino liqueur. has some like class chartreuse. Introduce somebody to chartreuse mm. on their 21st birthday. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. let, let me tell you the story about monks from 500 years ago and let you know that you are now part of this story. That would be a really beautiful start to mm-hmm. a lifetime of drinking. <laughs> a hopefully a healthy lifetime of drinking. I right. love the stories of, of people in their hundreds who say, what's your secret? And they're like, a half a glass of whiskey a day. Yeah. <laughs> I always have a beer with lunch. Right, right. Or a whole glass. <laughs> or every other day. So um, every episode, Abigail is going to pass on a drinking tip, uh, her view from behind the bar of what patrons should know or she wish they knew. And so what's your advice Well, my advice for the uh, tip of the day is literally about tipping. You're a grown-up now. You've come to a bar. You've paid for service and drinks. Hopefully, you've had a wonderful time and a wonderful bartender and had some delicious drinks. Here's my rule. Start with 20%. The days of tipping a dollar per drink is really not appropriate anymore. Uh, Maybe if you're at a bang bang bar where you're getting just you know four dollar beers, then yes, a dollar a drink. If you're paying three, if you're paying less than five dollars a beer, a dollar a drink is appropriate. But anything more than that, you need to look at that total bill. Just move that decimal point over one, and then double it. That's how you do twenty percent. It's very easy. Don't do it without the tax. We all pay taxes. Go ahead and take that final number, move that decimal point over, double it. Start there. If you had a great time, if you love your service, if your bartender gave you a uh, gave you an extra round, or if your bartender was particularly pleasant and gave you directions and told you where to go next, then give them more. But start with twenty percent. Thanks. That's your tip of the day. So we hope that you have uh, learned a little bit about drinking, about how to be a good drinker, how to um, kick off your, your, your years of drinking if you're starting at 21. And if you are older than 21 and you've been drinking for a while, you can still take all of this advice. You can have a do-over. If you had a disastrous 21st birthday Maybe it involved falling down in the snow and wiping dirty snow on your face, and you really feel like you want you. I mean, I do a do-over in Washington D.C. Definitely, that is happening this summer. Actually, I believe in the do-over. I'm going to be celebrating the um, 22nd anniversary of my 21st birthday. Mm So I will be celebrating in Washington, D.C., which is where I went to college and where I started drinking. 
So I'm planning on doing a big do-over this June. So if anyone's going to be in Washington, D.C. this June, I hope you'll come visit me at the Columbia Room for my magnificent do-over of drinking in Washington, D.C. So that's all we've got for you today. The do-over, the 21st, the don't throw up. Do not throw up. Keep it classy. And come back soon for more drinking and learning. Cheers, y'all. Thanks. Thanks.